0: Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon, wherever you are. Welcome to the Driving My Mind podcast. I got the camera set up. I got a little bit going on. Nothing too professional, nothing too crazy, but I like what I'm at. And I don't like what I'm doing right now. So let's go ahead and jump right in to episode two. Let me ask you this question. Are you collecting a car? Are you purposefully making a garage queen nesting her so so elegantly, clean, ceramic coated, just sitting in your garage, see the light of day, maybe once a month, once a year even. In California, in sunny California, I could not believe you. Well, we're gonna be talking today about those car collectors and specifically how they are stifling the young car enthusiasts, uh, the ones that are coming up in the near future so let me kind of bring this up the reason being is you know people have always been savers okay um, you know you may have the grandma that's um, puts the uh, the plastic wrap over the couch right <laughs> They, you know because they want to protect the couch and and they don't want any germs or dust or tears and rips from it um, I have a cat uh, a cat so um, there's I haven't bought in furniture You know, like I have furniture, duh, but like everything has been just used, offer up, old hand-me-downs because no matter what, I can give her all types of toys, scratch posts, anything like that. She's going to mess it up, but I don't treat my furniture like I treat my cars, you know, and Yes, there's a level of protection and requirement, uh, you know, and requirement for keeping it clean and keeping it, you know, looking good. But I'm talking about the other end of the spectrum where people are collecting cars for a variety of reasons and they're not driving them. So that's what I want to kind of dive in today. So let's talk about car collecting. Has it always been a thing? Um, We read in the stories about uh, people... You know the barn, the barnyard finds, right? The garage finds, uh, uh, forty years, fifty years old Ferraris, you know, supercars, classic Porsches, um, and and they're they're beaten up, they're rotten down, but they're salvageable. And you look at the mileage, two thousand miles, three thousand miles, and you can tell this was a serious collector that they really, literally collected a car stuffed it away, never took it out. And, you know, maybe I'm being spoiled, you know, being in Southern California, we don't have the the nastiness of, of the Midwest or, or, or in any place else, you know, we have sun, kind of crappy roads, right? But at the same time, we have the ability to drive our cars year round without much issue. But when you hear about these barnyard finds somewhere stuffed in the middle of, of you know, Nowhereville, Pennsylvania, and it's a, a, a thing of beauty, and it has 600 miles on it, you think to yourself, what in the world is going on? You, you have such a beautiful, rare find, and it's just sitting. You know, the tires are rotten out, you know, squirrels have already nested inside of it, and you think, man, if I only had that car, I would drive it every single place, every single where, yada, yada, yada. And I think that comes with some privilege of being in Southern California. But at the same time, you know, I think it's it's been around more often than not. And it may not even be a cool car. You know, it may be a Joe Schmo's Toyota Sienna sitting in the garage or or a Ford Taurus that, you know, grandma literally drove to and from the supermarket, you know, once every week and it has, you know, 10,000 miles and it's a 15-year-old car, right? Uh, You know, we're, we're not necessarily talking about those things, but we are talking about people that have just found their dream car and have let it sit. And we're talking about naturally protective people. And at the end of the day, is that something we can do for cars, right? Um, let's let's kind of transition into modern car collecting, right? Because now, especially with this type of market, we, we see it now as an investment i'm gonna buy this marizo edition g r Corolla for eighty and ninety thousand dollars and I'm going to sit on it and keep it for another twenty years and in twenty years I can sell it with with very low mileage for a hundred and fifty two hundred thousand dollars that's what people are starting to see right um look at look at the s two thousand look at the two forty s x the the car the rides that i have. I, I especially my 240 I drove that everywhere that was my college commuter with a dumped suspension you know going over bumps you know rattling all over the place people thought I was driving a broken car right but that was my pride and joy and, and at the time of my youth you know my car was everything to me and I couldn't imagine myself just letting it sit away And I wanted to, you know, build it. I wanted to buy body kits, wheels, tires. I took it to drift events. I wanted to do everything to it. And alas, we get older. Life happens. Things cost money. You're making money. It's being spent faster than you make it. So, you know, I'm at that point in my life where, yeah, my 240 literally sits. And it's collecting. It's collecting a lot of dust, if anything, but again, I paid five thousand dollars for it, and I can probably sell it for $12,000, maybe even fifteen thousand dollars now. It's an investment at this point in today's money. And I just find that absolutely crazy to me and and um another story. I wanted the yellow, you know, the Civic type R special edition limited, the type R limited, right? And it was in Phoenix yellow, and it you know I loved the look of the Type R, right? I I mean, it it was it was loud and obnoxious, and it was exactly what I wanted. Um, and the Honda dealer locally here got one, and they marked it up fifty thousand dollars. And I said to myself, I'm not paying eighty thousand dollars for a Honda Civic, at the end of the day, and even if I did let's say I, I bit the bullet and I did you're talking a car that I spent eighty thousand dollars plus tax registration and all that stuff I'm not gonna drive that thing which kind of leads me to to modern car collecting uh, or, or why is this bad it it's it's I'm 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 not gonna risk breaking this or some schmuck like crashing into it because they were texting on their phone. There goes the car, there goes the investment. And meanwhile, someone else who bought one of the 600, their values just went up another five grand, 10 grand. Um, I just, I, I can't, I can't fathom that when when you see a car as an investment and you can just drive down the block and someone just run into it and it's gone, right? That's how I feel with my S2000. The, the fact that I can go down the mountain and, and, and one little slip of a, of a tire, um, or, or road debris, and I have to swerve out or, you know, I'm going to hit oncoming traffic and then boom, car's done, car's over with. And it's funny because on the S2000 forums and, and things of that nature, when they show like these beat up S2000s that got in a car wreck, sometimes people comment like, oh, thank you so much for, uh, increasing the value of my car. And I'm just like, No, that's not the way we should be thinking. Like, obviously, I'm glad the person's okay, safe, yada, yada, yada. But it's just like we are creating this investment mentality in something that should naturally depreciate. You know, I just, again, I go back to the Marizo edition, GR Corolla. Um, The local Toyota dealership here is going to get one out of the 200. And I just know it's going to be, uh, unattainium right hundred thousand dollars and it's, it's there's no point of driving it there's no point driving a car that should be driven hardcore on the track ringed out like no other Um, and so that that's kind of where modern car collecting is going and to, to bet piggyback on that point you know it's it's a way for dealers and manufacturers right the dealers make massive amount of money with that markup okay oh let me get this going <laughs> dealers make a massive amount of money with their markup right that's pure profit that's just easy money that civic type r that yellow type r which someone bought like i would say about a month later they never price reduced i always was checking and it was always like 89995 right and Someone eventually bought it and I said to myself, oh my God, someone actually paid that markup and I I hope they're doing well, right? I hope that they made a really good decision and I bet they're just sitting on it. Um, but again, pure profit for the dealers and just, it's, it's helped the, it, it helps the manufacturer with promotion, right? You know, Marizo edition Corolla, Civic Type R Limited, um, you're gonna see cars that if if you know you know right and people are gonna gawk and they're gonna see man that's such a cool car let me go get this toyota corolla se hybrid you know it's just like it, it, it's it's promotion for the manufacturers which i totally get you know making limited edition one of 200 um the BMWs with the, with the you know, paint to match, uh, you know, one of one kind of thing. And it again, I don't fault the dealers for doing that or the manufacturers for doing that. But again, we're going to be talking about the problems where I can't get the cool car that I see. Or I have to work really, really hard, <laughs> like extra hard to get the car that I want and or i'm gonna just be bent over backwards paying this markup in order to get the type r limited that i've always dreamed of right so i i hope you know and they they talk about manufacturers reigning in oh they're gonna adjust the amount of of product or stock that they give certain dealers for the markup like the ford lightning right um they were really trying to hold back on that and and the dodge demon right um the the ford gt you were you weren't allowed to sell it for the first year or two years out of you know owning it dealers see that problem but again these cars are in the realm of unattainium except a honda civic you know gr corolla the, the fanboy stuff that i love that i want that you know i feel that you know i have a professional job job i'm i'm working you know 50 60 hours a week i do some side gigs i do as much as i could and i just say to myself this is not a a wise financial choice now yeah you know billy bob and and um um, jimmy choo can can go and and you know they have parents money they're living at home they don't care they're gonna buy they're gonna spend whatever money they're gonna finance it seven eight 10 years 12 years and they're going to get the coolest of the cool car and i i can't compete with that i just don't live in that reality but for for those that are the working class and the 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 car enthusiast that really wants something cool those people those car collectors modern car collecting and the if you know you know kind of uh deal is is really killing the upcomers um and that's what i want to get to to kind of start wrapping it up is you know why is this bad why are why is me holding back on my mileage on my lc500 killing you know what could be a a a future car enthusiast well take the lc right And, and it's funny with toyota's uh, I think it was Savage Geese that said it, it, when he went to a Toyota press event or whatnot, they, they jokingly said, Oh, everyone hates our cars until they're gone, right? No one wants our cars until they're gone. And <laughs> I, I'm really hoping that holds true for the LC because I hope that people realize that this is an extremely special car. It was an attainable, I don't want to say supercar, but flagship vehicle that. Is in and itself unique and special. And right now I'm just in the depreciation slump. Those cars are depreciated 30% minimum at first year. You know, like I think I'm barely above water on it right now. And I just don't see. Like I'm not expecting it to double in value within one year. But look at these type Rs, look at these GTRs. They have Minimal depreciation. If if not, they've appreciated. I think it was a bros for speed. He got his GTR and spent like seventy thousand on it, and then two years later, it's worth seventy seven thousand dollars, even with the added mileage, and. I'm like, oh my god, but my 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 LC is uh, reduced. <laughs> you know? it's like I see certain some LCs going for sixty thousand dollars already, and that's the flagship Lexus vehicle. This is like top notch kind of thing, and so I'm part of that problem, right? And this is why I mentioned it. My brother, you know, he has BMW E forty six M three, Grabber Blue GT three fifty, Mitsubishi Evo ten. He has an amazing car collection he doesn't drive anything but his honda fit <laughs> to and from work he has a, a, a toyota 86 the first gen um not the ae86 but you know the frs brz gt86 and uh, he drives that in the honda fit the most even though he has an amazing car collection but again it's the mileage and it's just knowing that these cars are from an era and irreplaceable at that you know, if someone wrecks it, you're, you're SOL. Um, but he's he's already fought or or moved past the depreciation. And for me, I'm just thinking, wow, is this what I'm turned myself into? Waiting for that appreciation and investment level of, of a car? It's crazy. And for the fact that I do that, I keep my stuff. I don't drive my stuff. And then what does it do? It reduces the actual driving of the car, right? Why bother take something that's worth money? Why take my S2000 out when Suzy Q is gonna ram into it because she was TikToking in her car? I I understand that fear, like, and and I guess there's a part of me that if that were to happen, you just have to let it go. You just have to say it wasn't meant to be. Accidents happen. It's no more clean title move on with life or get it repaired and just live with it that way you know it's just, but it's just like oh not a clean title anymore i can't sell it for more than you know this amount because of of the issues um and so why bother driving why take it out and when i take it out oh i'm gonna be really careful i'm gonna you know drive it i'm not gonna drive it like a d you know i'm just gonna show it off and take it back home and stuff it away and it, it it sucks. Like, it's not fun, right? It's not fun. These cars were meant to be driven, and I barely drive them to and from the car meet. And because of that, maybe you don't see that level of excitement when I, when I do drive it with another person, right? When I'm trying to share that experience, I'm just too paranoid with what's going on. And so we... It reduces the 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 want to drive. And then you transition to say, huh, I might as well just do hobbies where I actually do something. And that's so true, especially with the youth where they have such a limited attention span. And they just like, if I'm not feeling or getting something out of this, I have to be patient and wait for some level of return on on investment of time. And, and level of fun, well, forget it. I'm going to go find something else. And that, just that mentality and just that attitude immediately takes them out of the car the car world and the car ra- ra- realm where it's kind of like, oh, great. I can get uh, maybe this Honda Civic Si or Volkswagen GTI for $5,000 over MSRP. Instead, I really wanted this Porsche Cayman that should be affordable used and i can't get it i had an interview that way um one of my earlier interviews where it was a guy with a the brand new volkswagen gti and again it was amazing but he he mentioned everyone was marking everything up and the volkswagen dealer wasn't marking up this gti but even used porsches because he he really wanted that came and couldn't do it he said for what the Cayman is and what they were asking 50 60 70,000 still for a 10-year-old Cayman. He was like there's no point. It it's it's forget it. And and I agree with him 100%. If if you're going to mark up, if you're going to do that crazy stuff, there's no point and no reason to spend money for something you don't see value in. I see more value in getting a GTI for MSRP than I do I used Cayman that's overpriced, $10,000, dollars $15,000. So I want to leave you with that. Think about your car collecting and your attitude. What What is it that you're doing with your car and your ride that is affecting the car culture and the youth? Is there a solution? Really? Not? No. <laughs> I, I leave it up to you to decide how you treat your cars and what you kind of advise the youth, I, I honestly, I tell people, if I could find another hobby or find another passion that doesn't disappoint me over and over and over again, like the car world, I would find it and I would do it. and I would be all in with it. But I love cars. I love everything about them. Uh, and And for now, there's another aspect dealing with it. And it's the collecting culture and it's, you know, less about driving and more about having. And I wish that that weren't the case. I wish that all cars depreciated, all cars lose their value and it becomes more accessible for people to obtain, buy and drive. I wish it were that simple, but it's not any longer. And I get it. It has a lot to do with the government and it has a lot to do with um, going into a new era of electric cars, cleaner, fuel-efficient kind of, you know, automobiles that, you know, let's face it, their Toyota's probably losing money for every Marizo edition Corolla they make. But I, I just wish it were the case where, you know, if you wanted an S2000 for $15,000, you could get one. That's not happening any longer. Um, if you wanted an LFA... Instead of the $400,000 price tag, it should be down to $100,000, dollars price tag. I would have an LFA right now. Swear to God. Um, but we we don't live in that. They're not going to make an LFA. They're not going to make a V10. The Audi R8's on its last hoorah. Lamborghini's on its last hoorah. The V10 BMW is, this is probably the last, the M2 um, uh, video review just came out. This is probably the last gas-powered, you know, turbo, M2, non-hybrid, rear-wheel drive, we're going to get. And so, you know what? People are going to keep them. It's going to be worth a ton of money. I would say for you now, you really have to decide, do you drive your cars or is it going to be a garage queen? And if you drive your cars, do you realize that you're taking more of the passion for driving rather than, the the safe choice of investment for me i grew up with nothing okay if you grew up in the imperial valley you literally had nothing porous you know county in california you know humble beginnings for me and so i finally were it was able to break the cycle get out of it and i have what i have now and guess what i'm holding on to it as long as i possibly can so leave it with that. Tell me your thoughts. Tell me what you're thinking. Are you that car collector causing the problem for the upcoming youth of the car culture? And what are your reasons for it? I just gave you mine. So thank you guys for listening. We'll catch you on the next one. Stay driven. Stay positive.